listening. You are listening to Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachman Signal Network, our last show for 2020. What a crazy year this has been. It is unbelievable. I can't believe we're still doing shows from the house. I cannot wait to get back into the studio, right? Like I really miss being on the Lower East Side in the Nachman Signal Network studio, but we are so thrilled that Nachman has arranged for the – since – this season started, season nine. ZK has been coming and recording the shows from my house. He's absolutely incredible. Um, and we are really just so grateful to be healthy and back here in the hot seat as we are with a, a, a slew of new shows for this winter. So uh, welcome back, everyone. Um, we had a show last week for the first time in a while, so we're very happy to be continuing with our shows. For those of you who don't know me and are listening for the very first time, welcome. I'm Naomi Nachman. I'm about all the food all the time. I love food. I love shopping for it, cooking, eating at restaurants, anything food related. I'm a kosher personal chef. I wrote two cookbooks. My catering business is called the Aussie Gourmet and I run kosher cooking competitions all around the country. Well, you know, pre-COVID any case. Now I do them on Zoom. <laughs> so if you're looking for a Zoom class, you can reach out to me. Um, uh, I hope you'll tune in every week and hear about my exciting cooking adventures, my kosher food traveling. Yes, I do do a little bit of kosher food traveling via Zoom, you know, or takeout, you know, bringing in food from Brooklyn. Um, sharing of great food ideas and recipes every week. Um, if you want to uh, reach out to me, Naomi at NachumSiegel.com. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and all the other medium platforms. I do I do have them all. <laughs> um, so uh, if you've had a great food experience and if you want to share it with me, I'd love to hear from it, from you about it. Um, and it's all very exciting. You know, everyone's home, everyone's cooking a lot more. Restaurants are, some are open, some are closed. We don't know what's going on. There's so much uncertainty right now. So I thought that I should have on my show Donnie Klein, a frequent guest guest of the show. Uh, he is of Yeah, That's Kosher. And he's been on the show many times. He even once came into the studio in person, which was very exciting. We try to have him, we try to get him on the air uh, just to give us a bit of a food catch up every couple months. Uh, the last time we had Donnie on was in the height of Corona. I don't know if you remember that, Donnie. Um, we would do you know what? <laughs> this year's been kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. So we, I, I there's did. a lot I do and don't remember. <laughs> Destroyed my life with Corona. My brain got messed up. I never know what day of the week it is. It's either Shabbos or the rest of the week. That's how it's kind of become. Um, but yeah, so Donnie, I had you on a Zoom show. I did these 30-minute Zoom, Zoom shows um, in the height of Corona. <laughs> So um, I had you on then and now I have you back and I thought it would be such a great idea to have you to talk about the restaurant scene and the travel scene and what's up next and, you know, some of your insight. So welcome. Yeah. Welcome back. Thank you for thank you for having me again. I, I love chatting with you on and off the air. So happy to be here. <laughs> thank you. All right. So what's going on? Catch me up a little. So I, I think it's no secret that uh from a from a restaurant standpoint um there's you know a lot of not great news um you know across the the restaurant world um what covid has done this year to restaurants and small businesses has been awful um obviously you know this is this has nothing to do with the fact that you know there's been a lot of uh people suffering um both in terms of getting sick and passing away, 
Um, I'm strictly talking about from a from an economical standpoint, which is also um, important to, to note. So yeah. what uh, so what I'm stating here is that you know restaurants have been struggling um, across the board. Um, even though even those that are going to make it out of this and survive and you know you know be with us for the for the years to come, they're still they are they are still struggling, and many of those businesses had to lay people off. Um, and they're taking hits to their personal finances. Um, and obviously this goes without saying for those that have closed their businesses entirely, which not only affect the owners of those restaurants, but also affect all of the people that have worked for them. So, um, we, we know that that's, that's been a, a, a sad story, um, across the board, New York in particular, we know has been hit particularly hard, um, as a combination of us getting hit early and the New York City and New York State governments enacting rules that um, are not particularly favorable to restaurants making money. So it's, it's been very it's, it's been, yeah it's been a very it's been a very difficult year and um, I commend those businesses that have been kind of finding ways to innovate. And we've seen so many different innovations this year, not just in the restaurant space, but with all types of businesses. People are trying to innovate and create new opportunities for themselves, given the the new normal or the new status quo. Um, you know, we're seeing businesses deliver to places that they've never gone to before, right. or deliver for the or deliver for the first time. Right. Like we're seeing high high end restaurants doing deliveries, which is something that they, that they may not have ever done in the many years that they've been in business. So this is uh, definitely new territory for a lot of um, a lot of restaurant owners. Yep. I interviewed on my Instagram channel a number of uh, restaurateurs and, and business owners um, this year, um, and what we mostly heard was their need to constantly pivot and change and deal with new regulations. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's been and it's been difficult, but I, you know, we have to commend them, and and I'm trying to encourage people to give them business, even if you're not dining there physically, but order from them, get takeout, get delivery. Let's let's keep these businesses um, alive. You know, you know what someone had suggested earlier on, and maybe you and I touched on this when we spoke last time, but you know, you have your favorite restaurant. Like I happen to be a big fan of Wall Street Grill because I, I love sitting outdoors. I mean, right now. Kind of COVID made it good for me because I like to sit outside and everything was set up outside. Um, but they actually have, I believe they're still open now with outdoor space now, any case, right? Uh, they are. Uh, they have a, so I was there for Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, good uh, for particularly you. Because, particularly because I felt safe eating in their outdoor space. It happens to be that, if you recall, Thanksgiving, we had amazing weather. It was like 60 degrees. I was in Israel. Oh, well, we had amazing weather here in New York over Thanksgiving. <laughs> it, it was probably the first time in my life that I've had Thanksgiving dinner outside. Right, um, right. Makes they have sense. An amazing, they have an amazing – Wall Street Grill has an amazing second story um, that is that opens up to the outdoors. Yeah, so from yeah. a from a from a COVID perspective, whether you're under the enclosure or you're completely outdoors on the you know rooftop patio, 
um, it's it's definitely a significantly safer environment right. versus you know dining right. indoors. So I I love uh, it there. I've always loved that outdoor space. I sit outside when it's schmoiling hot. Uh, and in the summer, I like to sit outside. I don't even want the air conditioning because I like to sit outside so much. So if you've got a favorite restaurant, buy a gift certificate from them and use it at a later date. Keep those restaurants running. Yes, yes, and 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 I think it was great where I, we saw a lot of people gifting restaurants gift cards uh, over Hanukkah. Yeah, that's a really great idea also. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, you know, with Hanukkah being over, um, this is something that people can continue to do for birthdays. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a winter, I'm a winter baby. So (laughs) anybody, anybody who, you know, wants to gift me, by all means, you can, you don't have to. (laughs) Your birthday. I'm also winter baby. I'm born in July though. Debbie Sandler sitting with me is also a winter baby because she's from Argentina. <laughs> so we are from the Southern Hemisphere. So I was always considered a winter baby. And to me, you are a summer baby born in January. So, you know, hafuch. Right. And, here, and here, I thought, here I thought I was being uh, creative going to Australia in August uh, <laughs> 15 years ago. And uh, I was actually so cold when I was visiting Sydney, I had to like go and buy myself uh, like an extra thick sweatshirt because I was not expecting it. Right. Well, let me just tell you, Sydney does get chilly and raining in the winter, but it doesn't get less than, say, 40. And that's on a freezing cold day. Right. It's, it's beautiful like most of the year. <laughs> but yeah, well, Australia now, they've locked up the country and they threw the key into the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> There's no going to Australia for a very long time. But but what is is anything open now for travel uh, besides Dubai? I, I know the Nahum Seal Network was there last week. Uh, yeah, so it seems like – I'm glad you mentioned Dubai because I think that Dubai is, is one of these places because of this new Israel uh, deal uh, over the last few months that has been of heightened interest within the kosher world. Um and we're seeing that Dubai has – it's not like a, a, an open open borders. You still have to go through some process, but it, they're still allowing uh, travelers to come in, um, pr- you know, presuming that they've gone through whatever steps they need to take to, to go in. There right. are a few places – there are a few places – you know, in in uh, Central America or the or the Caribbean, where you can still uh, fly into yes. and travel to. So, any ideas uh, for winter break that you might have to share with us, Donny? Like, where are we going for winter break this year? So, I, I mean, for me, we're most likely not flying. All right, I haven't flown since uh, before COVID hit, um, and. I'm not one to make that recommendation to people. I think that people need to do what's what's good for them and, yeah. and what's what's responsible for their families. Um, as much as we want to fly, and we do, we're dying to. I know, Johnny, you love traveling. Oh. We're dying at, at the bare minimum to get to Florida, right. but we'd love to fly internationally. Um, what we're looking at right now is potentially, um, you know, renting a, an Airbnb or something in the, either in the Poconos or in the Adirondacks, somewhere local that we can drive to and somewhere where we can kind of do stuff just with our family and we can do outdoors, outdoorsy winter sports, which we enjoy. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, last, last year over Thanksgiving, you know, I took the family to Iceland. I know. uh, I love that. And you took food from Wall Street. I remember that. (laughs) Yes, yes, I did take food from Wall Street Grill. Um, and 
it's very cold over there, but we managed. If you if you know what you're getting yourself into and you prepare and you bring the right clothing, you'll have a great time. Even if you're going to you know a ski resort or some other cold uh, weather uh, location. Right, right. Skiing's going to be a big thing. I think people are going to really hit the slopes this year. It's such a great outdoor sport, or or snow yeah. tubing. I th- you know, and and I think that for those who even are not seasoned skiers or snowboarders, this is a great year to learn uh, because of maybe uh, you know other things that you can't do. But this is a it's an outdoor sport. You know, you're going to, you're going to be bundled up and and everyone's going to be covering their heads and faces anyway because it's presumably presumably going to be cold out. So the uh, the the risk that people are going to be putting themselves in is going to be relatively low compared to you know, other indoor activities. Right, right. I, I, I totally agree. So so what what restaurants have closed down? Uh, there's a there are a number. Um, off the top of my head that uh, that really stand out. Uh, we have Abigail's in, yeah. in Midtown in Midtown Manhattan. Um, you know, they closed earlier on this year. Uh, the good news is is that you have um, you know chefs uh, Nathan there, who ha- is still um, doing keeping ca- part of his business alive, doing catering. Catering, I, and brilliant, brilliant. And so what we're seeing, what we're seeing from a lot of these businesses is keeping the the restaurant part, like the retail part, open. Is there's so much overhead and so many costs and so much staff involved that given everything that's happened this year, it, it's just become nearly impossible to keep the doors open. Right, right. but. If they're able to open a kitchen and a commissary that requires much less rent, much fewer, uh, much fewer staff to manage, um, then they can still keep their their culinary businesses open. Which uh, I think additionally, is great. In the exact same vein, um, further uh, south in Manhattan, we have um, uh, Sage Kitchen. Yeah, uh, I never got to go. So here's the thing: it, while their food was excellent um they're in the same boat as abigail's where they had to close their their retail space and their their dining space but the business is still alive in terms of catering jazzy, so you can jazzy still, still catering yeah you oh, can I'm still so get jazzy happy. food oh okay i did not realize that oh i love her food she won yeah. actually a a um a uh, chopped competition that I was the MC of. I think it was the first one that I ever did, and I did it at Kosher Fest. And she was the she was the winner, and she was amazing. She's very she's very talented. Her food is very good, and she she understands the business. And she um, uh, she you know she she also took really great care of her workers, um, especially a- you know. We, we, we highlighted that in the beginning of, of COVID and like she was doing some fundraising so she can keep the, you know, the, the people that she, that worked for her, um, keep getting paid. And a yeah. lot of the people that worked for her were women, but like particularly what she, what she highlighted was like moms and grandmas who were just great home cooks and she employed them to work in the kitchen. I love it. Um, you know, so I think that that was, um. That was, you know, really great, and I'd love to, you know, highlight her business. Yeah, Je- um, Jazzy's wonderful, guys. Check her out at Sage Kitchen. She's just absolutely wonderful and really, really, really talented. Donnie and I are both big fans of her work. Yes. Um, I have a 
three other businesses to highlight that have closed this year that have been of note. Um, to round out New York, we've had Grill 212 on the Upper West Side okay. that has closed. And it was one of those smaller yeah. um kind of like hole in the wall places but it had a really like it had a really great fan base um and so it was really sad for the upper west side community when when they closed down um two other big name places out of the new york area um one is uh, mama's vegetarian in philadelphia so anybody who visited philly um or people who work and live in philly like everybody knew mama's was vegetarian. that the, the was fa- like, falafel place yes yeah no they closed yeah, they closed earlier this year. It was really oh, sad. Oh, we were there like three years ago on winter break. We love them. Yeah. <gasps> Listen, for, for travelers um, to the area, the good news is is that like there are a ton of kosher. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, veg- but ve- that were... Vegetarian and vegan options around downtown Philly. Forget like the suburbs of Philly, which right, has some right. couple options. But like in the city, there are actually a, a lot of kosher options. I have a whole list of them on my website. Um, yeah, that's kosher.com. That's right. Um, down, downtown Philly is really known as Center City. So if you search uh, for kosher Center City in Philly, um, you'll get a whole list of, of options there. Right. And everyone um, should always check their own, the rabbinical supervision, if they, in just in general, if the restaurant still has a heksha, because sometimes we don't always hear about it right away. So everyone always has to check the heksha for themselves. I said that all the correct. time. And if you're Halav Israel. Look for that. If you, well, if you're Chalav Yisrael, like vegan won't matter because they don't serve dairy anyway. Right, but, but if you are Chalav Yisrael, yeah, check that out. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, the last uh, place that I'll highlight that closed this year um, was Bamboo Garden in Seattle. Oh, I wait. I ate there. That was sad. Yeah. That was sad. That I closed. ate there. I ate there back in my only trip to Seattle, which was I think it was like 2009. I feel like a whole lifetime ago. Yeah. Um, and it's right, it was right downtown, right near the Space Needle. Yeah, we walked, um, we walked over. Yeah, it, it was, you know, great location. Um, really interesting food. I never had, um, I never had Asian food like the way that they had served it yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was delicious. And, you know, like, it was really good and um, really sad that they closed. They were kind of an institution in yes, Seattle. Yes, I'm glad I got to go. I went a, f- a few years ago. I went with Melinda Strauss, fr- who is from Seattle, who's also a That's frequent right. guest on the show. And we went with our two families to stay at her parents' house. And we had a great time. And they have quite a lot of kosher options out there in Seattle, but not anymore the bamboo. That was a bit sad. Yeah. Um, um, so what uh, is opening? Yeah, yeah. Great. Flip yeah. side. What is opening? I, there's so, places so, to go. Well, what has what has of. baffled me? What has baffled me, but also surprised me in a really good way, is that for the amount of places that have closed, I believe that there have actually been more places that are that have opened or that are in process of opening. Yes. Which I think is which I think is amazing and fantastic, and it shows that there's both interest in investing in these types of businesses, which is great for our community, but that there's still demand in, um, you know, kosher dining, despite everything that's been happening this year. So with that, a um, couple places. So uh, locally here in Long Island, I know both of us live in Long Island. Um, there's a place that you can walk to on Central Avenue. Um, you may not have heard about it yet unless you really like kept close watch on my blog last week. Um, 
Are you familiar with the makeup store in Central Avenue, Kiss and Makeup? I am. I have four daughters. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so, so in the back I love Faggy Fader. I love Faggy. She's wonderful. It, in the back of their makeup and salon shop, they have opened up a cafe called Kiss Cafe. I did see that. I watched your blog from Israel when it was as you were talking about it. Yeah, so I was so I, I popped in. I gave it a visit last week. It's super healthy food, really, really tasty. Um, I tried their salads, acai bowls, um, uh, freshly squeezed uh, juices, uh, really good stuff. So, okay, uh, great. Uh, and I think that you know, given their location and given the fact that they have like a baked-in business from the um, from the beauty side, that can translate really well um, for their cafe in the back. Um, other, other places that, um, have been popping up some onto my radar. Um, so Seth Warshaw, who is the, yeah, uh, yeah. chef, who's the chef at ETC in Teaneck, he's in process of opening multiple restaurants in Boca down, down in Boca. So Donnie, I actually did a show from Boca and I had Seth and the whole team at Roadhouse right when they so first you're, opened. You're I was there, there on opening night. I was there on opening night. Um, they brought me down to and I'm because I'm very good friends with one of the owners um, and I love Seth and it was amazing yeah so uh, you know I haven't traveled yet so I have not been down to Florida since they've opened um, but I do have family in the Boca region so when I feel comfortable you know flying down to Florida next um, they both of their restaurants that are currently open are going to be um, high on my list. They are too. amazing. And I haven't been to Camilla's yet. I'm, I'm like excited to go to Camilla's. So I'm, I, I will, I have flown. I'm, I'm, you know, I go with my mask on and I follow all the rules, but I have flown. Um, but they're, they're um, incredible there. Is it, I think there's a new place here in the five towns also. Isn't there something called Moore or something? Muir? Did that open? Uh, Murr, Murr, M-U-R. Okay. So, so MUR uh, Mur, uh, they opened earlier this year. They were, they, I think, they were like going to open basically as like lockdowns were were happening. So you know, timing wise, they kind of um, got the shaft there. Um, they're aiming to be uh, a high end um, kind of like Israeli. French type of fusion. I might be wrong on the French, but it's meant to be kind of like this, like fusion place where they're where they're plating um, these like high end is like Israeli dishes, um, and so that's that's the kind of vibe. But it's not open yet. Many... It's not open. Oh, no, no, it's oh, it's open. Oh, it's I haven't. Open for months. I haven't. I haven't been yet. Oh yeah, no. So so it's it's been open for a while. Um, it's it formerly in the I want to say cakes and crumbs. I never um, went in there. Did that ever so, open? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I um, never was they, in there. They decided, they decided to convert it into uh, more of a, a high-end Fleshik place versus a, versus a bakery cafe. Okay. I mean, I have to try that. I really have to go try. So what else around the country is, is opening up for us to try? Sure. Um, so earlier this year, we saw a uh, authentic – Cantonese, Ooh. which for those for those who are not familiar is is a you know more like a Hong Kong style Chinese food. Mm, um, I'm called the, the name of the restaurant is called Kosher Chinglish in oh. Las Vegas. 
Oh, um, I have to go to Las Vegas now. Oh, it, boy. Yeah. So I... it's in Las Vegas. It's being – it's owned by this really sweet couple. I got to chat with them over the phone to get all the details about the restaurant um, where you have this um, – uh, you you have this uh, you know Jewish guy from New York who ended up marrying um, a, a Chinese woman, and they wanted to create something where they can bring it to the Jewish community. And so they actually have a, a non-kosher restaurant and a kosher restaurant next door to each other. They're properly like marked and labeled, so there's no way you would ever walk into the wrong place. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> it's, it's certified by the by the local vod, like it's all on the up and up. It's all um, kosher. <laughs> all kosher. Um, and it's like just based on the menu that I've seen, it looks really cool and interesting and different from the standard Chinese food that we've come to oh, expect. Oh, please, please, yes, yes. Yeah, that's very exciting. I love authentic uh, food. Um, yes, amazing. And what I understand about that, what I understand about that business is that um, her father um, has been a chef at uh, Chinese restaurants that they've owned, but serving not what. They but not what we what what we eat here in America, but rather what the Chinese. I call eat. it American Chinese food, right? Like Correct. as opposed to Correct. what authentic Chinese food is. Amazing. Okay, yes. um, this has been great, Johnny. Like you're talking about the old. We bought in the new. We're talking a little bit about travel. I really hope that things open up soon with talk of the vaccine. I know some of the doctors are have been getting it. So we are very yeah. hopeful. Um, what do you think the summer's going to look like in terms of restaurants and travel I mean, where? It's anyone's guess, right? Travel where? Anywhere. <laughs> Anywhere. Uh, you know what? I, I, I do not want to prognosticate what right, the summer's going to look like because there's so many different things that can happen positively right. or negatively. Uh, I'm hoping for the best. I really, really, hoping really want to be flying internationally. Where's like, your first place that you want to go to, Donny? So it's been three and a half years since I've been to Israel, um, and that's way too long for me. So um, Israel is at the top of my list because I just constantly need to go back to, to have you know, you know, Israel part of my life. Yeah. Um, but but associated with that, I would love to do um, a side trip from Israel, and I would love to hit either uh, the UAE. Particularly Dubai, yeah. Um, I'm because very, in, I'm, in my brain, it's always been like off limits. Even though Jews have gone in the past, right? It's kind of been like hush hush. Now we've got not just we have a kosher restaurant, and we have more than one kosher restaurant now. Like there's, they've opened up multiple kosher kosher facilities, catering. I'm going in a few weeks. I'm very excited. Uh, uh, I'm I'm excited for you and a little <laughs> jealous, but it'll happen for me in, in due time. The yes. other the other side trip potential for me is Morocco. Uh, me now, too. So so Morocco, um, you, you know, Morocco is has has been safe for Jews for some time now, um, despite the you know Morocco and Israel not having formal relations. Um, I've spoken to to numerous people who've you know traveled throughout Morocco and they said it's it's completely fine and there are a number of kosher restaurants there already because there is a you know somewhat of a of a community. Jewish community yeah. that has that has remained um before you know Since obviously most most Moroccan Jews left you know in the, the in the in the 40s and 50s um but um for the small community that remained there still are kosher restaurants yeah I'd love to there. go there also uh, so I, I actually uh. spent this past Shabbos 
reading up on travel to Morocco, things to do, things to see. So I'm educating myself and on then what you, that looks like. And then please educate all of us on what on what. Yes. So one of the things that I've done is uh, I've actually already published um, a sample, what I'm calling kosher itinerary to yeah, that's kosher.com um, of what a week or a week plus would look like to, to kind of sample like a, what I call a poo-poo platter of Morocco. <laughs> uh, I love that. So I, I, so I didn't write it. I merely edited, edited it. Um, it was written by um, uh, another uh, kosher travel uh, Instagrammer, Who? Um, uh, Gila. And I don't, want, I don't want to screw up her last name, but... Um, okay, I've got to make sure uh, I'm following but, her, Donnie. You make send me yeah, her Yeah, yeah. Um, I believe it's. I believe her Instagram handle is Kosher Food World. Uh, she puts out great stuff. Okay, and, I'm gonna make sure uh, I follow and her. And she's and I and I believe she's getting married soon. So Mazel Tov to her. Oh, Mazel Tov. Um, and so she she wrote this great piece um, on based on her recent travels to Morocco. And I want to bring you know not just my own information. Like the whole purpose of everything I do is is to get the the best information that's out there. And, and share it with the kosher community so that everybody has access to, you know, the best advice. We appreciate that very much as someone who loves food and travel. Um, you can find Donnie on Instagram at Yeah That's Kosher and on his website, yeahthatskosher.com. And we just want to thank you, Donnie, for coming on the show. And one day we'll have you in person again. Thank you for having me. And I will be excited to do it in person again when we can. Okay, wonderful. All right, thank you, Donnie. All right, sitting here in the studio, the house studio, I have my friend Debbie Sandler. Debbie came all the way from Monty, but really she's from Argentina. Argentina. Speaking about travels and exactly. something around the world. <laughs> Do you guys see, everyone should make sure that they watch the YouTube channel, the Nacham Siegel Net YouTube channel, and find Table for Two there, because you will see the large plethora <laughs> Of desserts they have in front of me. Debbie's an amazing baker and her stuff is called, uh, it's dairy and it's yeah. called on her on her Instagram, Joy of Chalav, two O's, Cholov, right? Cholov. Um, you hear her little cute South American <laughs> accent. Last last week we had on the show um, Vera Newman from yeah. Marbled Spoon with her accent also. She had from a little Panama, bit. right? She's from Panama. Yeah. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. How long have you been in America? Um, 21, 22 years. Okay, a long time. 22, yeah. Is your I husband actually, American? My husband is, yeah, he's a New Jersey boy, <laughs> like I say. <laughs> yeah, he's from Jersey. Um, um, I came to America in 1999. I actually, I wasn't firm at that time. Really? Yeah. I came for college. I went to a fashion institute in LA, downtown LA. When downtown LA it was scary. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, um, and then while I was there, my sister was already from in Argentina. And uh, it was hard for me to socialize with the people in college. Um, there weren't so many Jews. Um, and my sister said, why don't you go to a Chabad house? Oh, yay, Chabad. <laughs> Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem for Chabad. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I don't know, I'm turning 21 soon. Do I need to go to a Chabad house? Not just joking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And my sister said, you know what, I'm going to make it happen. And she did. And she found someone and picked me up uh, before Shabbat. And we went to the Chabad house. And when I got into the Chabad house, this is Ashka Chapratis, the rabbi there, knew that I was coming because this boy said to the rabbi and um, 
the rabbi, when he was a boy, has a bacher, he was in yeshiva in Argentina. Oh, no way. What a great tie-in. So he didn't spoke Mexican Spanish. He spoke Castellano from Argentina. Ah, see, she's fiery. <laughs> okay. And he said, like, from being a stranger in a place, we became, like, brothers and sisters. And he started talking my language, and he understood me, and we click. Genius. And, uh, and I started to go very often to his Chabad house until one Shabbos he said, Debbie, you're staying in my house for Shabbos. I said, Rabbi, no, no, I'm going back home. No, 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 no. Right now, you go to my house, you light your Shabbos candles, and then you come to show. And that was my first Shabbos. Oh my God, at 21 years old, <laughs> yeah. downtown LA Chabad house. Fantastic. And I was alone without family, nothing. I just went to achieve my dream. My family's all into the fashion business. And I wanted it to also be a fashion designer. And um, one, one uh, Friday, it was my graduate from college and my dream was to work in this company that everybody told me it was so hard to get into and Baruch Hashem I got an, an interview and I got in I was so excited but at the same time I had promised to my rabbi uh, that I was going to come to New York to yeshiva and I was like what I'm going to do I got this job that I'm like everybody told me it was so hard to get into wow. and I I promised my rabbi and I'm a person that I keep my word so I was very nervous, and at that Shabbos, I went to a family house for, sh for Shabbat dinner, and uh, I opened a book, and I started to study about the parasha, and that parasha was the parasha that Yaakov went to Yeshiva, he travels to go to Yeshiva. I might cry. So I was like, okay. This, and and I, I saw myself like my life was going into, you know when you drive and you can go right or left, and you have to make that decision? And I, I picture myself left being, a, you know, being into the fashion world, everything that I always thought I would be. And on the other hand, I saw, I always wanted to also have a Jewish home. My four grandparents are from Poland. They came from the war. So I had Me that. Me too. Yeah. I have a lot of Polish grandparents. <laughs> so I also say I'm 100% Polish because my four grandparents right, are so from I Poland. So I have two. <laughs> That's good. So, um, so because on that Shabbos, I got of reading the Dvar Torah in the table, um, I said, I'm going to go and start to build my Jewish home. And I, I said to the people in my work, I said, can you wait for me? <laughs> so you know, they're very interesting enough. The people, although you may think in fashion, everybody's so super, you know, they don't care about it. When I told them what I, my life challenge, they were like, you know what? There's always going to be work. But to build your Jewish home, your spirituality side of you, you know, and, and I know that my goal was to build a Jewish home uh, that was really, has a twin, and I was 20, 21, but I feel like it was tickling on me much more than like, okay, a job, you can still work in your 40, 50, you know, whatever, especially here in America, in South America, that side I can say it tickles much more, the clock. Yeah, and um, so I decided to go to yeshiva, and I went to yeshiva, and I loved seminary. it. Seminary, seminary, yeah. Right. Se sorry, we call yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't call it seminary because um, you didn't go to Israel for the year. Yeah, yeah, but it's still all girls. <laughs> but I came here to Kern Heights, and funny enough, I arrived on Simchas Beis Shoeva. I don't know if you ever been to yeah, Kern I've Heights. Yeah, be I've Simchas not been <laughs> on a Simchas Beis Shoeva, but but it was like a, it's a whole dance in yeah, the streets. Yeah, the streets are alive. Yeah, and I was like. 
where am I? Like from LA, I like mamish arrive on that day. Another planet. And, and I was like, this is my place. And I feel like 770 was my home. And I, I was my first time seeing 770. I never saw the Rebbe. I only heard and read about him. Yeah. And when I arrived there, I was like, this is home. Oh. I felt it. So I'm glad I made my decision. You uh, know the Ohel's right here. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I was thinking, should I stop? Should I yeah, yeah, yeah. I went last week. Uh, it's the the Ohel, the, the Babacher Rebbe, yeah. is 20 minutes from the five towns. Yeah, just, we are lucky. Yeah. So so then, even when I was in college, when I arrived to New York to LA, I had I was missing my food, my South American, my Argentinian food. Back then, I was no kosher. So I used to cook and give to my neighbors, and I did empanadas, and I did flan, and I did different stuff. Which we're going to eat in a minute, yeah. guys. ZK is very hungry. And I would go to the Spanish supermarkets and get stuff. Yeah. And that's yeah. how we started to develop the passion for cooking. Right. And then when I got married, I did everything from scratch, like everything. And I your husband was religious? You were both... So, no, my husband is also a Valtrua. It's another story oh, how I oh met my, God, my husband. Oh, my God. Love that story. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> my mother-in-law made the shidduch, believe it or not. Oh, that is gorgeous. But I don't know if I want to go into all yeah, that. Yeah, we might. You'll tell me off here. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so then, I, yeah, as I told you, I, all that creativity that I had on me, uh, I didn't want to go into fashion again. I feel like some people don't understand it, but I grew up in it. I grew up with my brother was a big designer in Argentina, and I did fashion shows and catwalks and like all this mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. And uh, I deal with that. And I feel like when I became from, that was the dark part of it. I couldn't see in my process of chuva that that it was interfering. Right. Now that I grow and I know where I am and, you know, I, I even work for some designers from company in, in Muncie. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, but it was Got taking you. too much time from my kids. So and my kids said, Mom, we want you home. And I'm, I'm a home person. Yeah. It was like, okay, mommy guilt. <laughs> so, yeah. So then I started to bake for birthday parties for my kids. For my family. And friends will come and say, Stevie, what is this? This is delicious. You're so selfish. Start selling Let's it. Let's go. Let's start <laughs> eating. So talk your story. Tell yeah. and tie us in. So I brought you. Okay. So I brought you. Uh, I couldn't bring you everything. Oh, but we can't I really had to live it. I have to live it. So I brought you things that I feel represent a lot Argentina. Okay, but can I just interrupt yeah. there? Because yeah. isn't Argentinian really known for its steak? Yes. An Argentinian is. steakhouse. Yes. Like El so Gaucho's in Israel, remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. It's true. I love steak. Like you will tell my husband, when I was pregnant, I would cry, call my mom, say, Mommy, I need asado with a piece asado. of asado. <laughs> I need a bone, you know? Like, <laughs> but at the same time, I also love milkshakes because Argentina has good milkshakes as well. Okay, good to know. Um, the kosher is really growing a lot in Argentina and things are, are growing and tasting much better. But I'm telling you, has the non-kosher because that's what I grew up. The milkshakes were very, very good when I... So you get the bell of both, the milkshake and the flesh, but then I learned not to mix it together, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the problem. Good, a, good, a good kosher girl. <laughs> yeah. Good job. 
So this is a very typical dessert that is called flan. Okay, let's cover up. The can are hungry. Oh, how, how you want me to cut it? Yeah, yeah, okay. you're in charge. So, so we it. eat on this show. I wasn't joking when I said bring something to okay, eat. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, we actually... I should move. Um, ZK is telling yeah, me to move the, the alfajores. 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 Like with a ches. A ches. Alfajores. Yeah. Alfajores. It's actually caramel rolled in cookies, sandwich. Like a sandwich. It's a caramel sandwich cookie. Yeah, right? yeah. They're It's like a shortbread kind of. Yeah. It's short. delicious. Yeah, shortbread. Yeah. Okay, so. Such as my English and my accent. And, no, you're doing ugh. great. So my mum actually makes flan at home. Oh, really? Yeah, she makes a parva one. Oh, this is milchik. Look at that. Oh, look at that. Come on, guys. Zoom in on that, ZK. So wait, in Argentina... We're giving that straight to ZK. Let's do it. Let's put everything in it. Okay. okay. We're giving Are you it. in for it? I'm in. I'll, He's I'll, so happy. He's so happy. When you go to a restaurant, this is the certain... You know here, all the desserts they have is like a cookie and ice cream on top? No, or no, a no. chocolate or a chocolate yeah. souffle. No, 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 no. Don't no, give no, me any more no, chocolate souffle. No, basta. Flan... With dulce de leche, it's called flan mixto, okay? Flan Mix mixto? Yeah, mixto. It's and it's with dulce de leche, which is cream, and some heavy cream on the side. Oh, yeah. there you go. That's how you eat it. There you go, ZK. Potato on, my friend. If I have a spoon, I will put some of the liquid. Sauce. Okay, but, but the spoon is not here. This, you have to go to the kitchen for a spoon. And Leora? Okay. It's okay, don't worry. You should know that my daughter's been home from school for yeah. two weeks. The class is in... Somewhat, yeah, of a, you yeah. know, they can't have school right now. It's all Zoom, yeah. and um, she cooks a ma massive lunch every day. I, I smell. It. She did bechamel sauce, mac and She's cheese. She's awesome, <laughs> isn't it? And I use, I made my own vanilla, like I had vanilla bean like two months ago, and I said, oh, I'm wasting this. I'm making my own um, extract. Oh wow! Like, make uh, it like Jello, it's like cheese Jello. Okay, yeah. I'm so excited to eat this, guys. Ooh. And you make these, you sell these to people. Yeah. People can order so from you. This, the flan, uh, it's hard to you talk, Ali. Yeah. I mean, so oh creamy, right? So the flan I sell, but it's hard to sell. It has, you see it here that it has the hole in the middle because mm -hmm. uh, I used a special pan. <laughs> Jello, right? We can't draw. <laughs> so it's, like, it's delicious. It's fluffy. And it's, yeah. it's eggs, Creamy. And, eggs and milk and milk. sugar and eggs vanilla. Very light. Yeah. It's like a creme brulee, but a little bit yeah. more. I, I, personally, I don't like creme brulee. I like this better. It's a little softer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Kay and I are like, oh my God. It's easy to digest. It's like very... Light. Yeah. It's pleasant. Mm. Oh my God. So this is the typical, the, the basic flan. Uh, dessert you get in Argentina. And the alfajores is the second most, I have to say, alfajores. You know, here kids have snack time in Argentina, we have tea time, right? Oh, oh yeah, I'm like Australian, we do that. Yeah, yeah. So we also, in, our, in my home, we used to get our little sandwiches, or my mom will bring alfajores, but not that fancy. Like alfajores, like here you have. Like chocolate bars. I shall open them up. <laughs> yeah. And we shall partake. Go. So I just want to show it to everyone. ZK, you're going to try one as well. Look at this. Actually, like they're sold in Israel. They're sold. It's like a very traditional. Yes. Good? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Nothing's like yours. <laughs> when I have a friend that told me, I went all over South America. Your alfajores, they're better than any. <laughs> oh my God. You make everything from scratch in your everything house, from including scratch. the dulce de leche. Yes, yes. And it's yes. Chalav Israel. It's Chalav Israel. Everything is Chalav Israel. I don't buy... Because you're Chabad. 
Sanchez, I'm sorry, but Sanchez said, I don't want to go out to eat because my, my family said, you always disappointed with restaurants. Right. You know, <laughs> I'm I was, sorry. But when I do go out to eat, I want to order something that I can't make at home. Yes, it's true. It's I mean, true. do I sound like a chef snob? I no. don't mean to sound like that at all. I know. When my kids said, Ma, can we order mac and cheese? I said, seriously? I buy a dollar box. And, <laughs> and you saw my daughter made yeah. her own from scratch in the kitchen today. She made a bechamel. Delicious. I do the same thing. I look at the menu. I said, okay, what? Like gnocchis. Now I do gnocchis. I do a butternut squash gnocchi. It's as easy like in a minute. Delicious. Well, it's we very would love sweet. to see. Do you have that on a recipe on your blog or uh, website? No, I actually took a picture. Uh, I, I, ha- I don't think I, I have put a butternut there, but... squash goat cheese um, lasagna. Oh, yeah. Because I like butternut squash. I love butternut squash. So this butternut is very easy. You put the butternut squash in the oven and you forget about it. Do it in the morning or whatever you can, right? Then it's all smooth. And you need, I, the only problem, I like to wait. I don't like cups. I like grams. I'm Argentinian. Grams, so, yeah. So I, I measure. I do measure. So I'm sorry for the crowd. But it's, yeah, it's okay. It's five grams of the the puree, the butternut squash already yeah. mush. And then I use Parmesan cheese. And oh, I, yeah. Oh, you're happy with that, yeah. You can avoid it if you want to do it for oh. a I have done it. Oh, don't melt then it. you add flour. Just a couple of eggs, and I put it in the KitchenAid. Try to mix it. Then I put a, a small pot to boil, and I see the consistency. As soon as I see there's a good consistency, I take a piping bag. I put because I don't like the gnocchi like it gets stuck on your teeth. You know when you have a gnocchi, the gnocchi has to be soft. soft. Doesn't have to no be hard. chewy. No, she means chewy. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry, thank you. Yeah. It has to be soft. It has to be pleasant. It doesn't have to feel you're eating a ball of, you know. So when I see the consistency is good, I put in a piping bag because I'm very practical in the kitchen. I don't like messes and I don't like rolling too much if I can avoid it. Piping bag, cut it, and you can have two options. You clean a, a, a hunger. <laughs> you clean a hunger and you like start piping and cutting with the hunger or a kitchen scissors yeah. and you pump cut pump cut pump, 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 and then the pot becomes full of gnocchis in two minutes you have delicious gnocchis and clean kitchen amazing and very practical okay <laughs> practical it sounds even a little bit hard for me to understand pump cut hang up the Maybe we'll do a little cooking demo yeah, with you next yeah, time yeah. and everyone from the Single done Network it, will watch I us. have done it for Pesach also the, the, with the butternut squash with, gnocchis with Potato starch. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And it was very good. Wow. I, that's right up my alley. That's ah, right up my it. alley. Um, okay, so what do you make for your kids for dinner? Besides fancy butternut sauce. So, do you like, do you pachka a lot? Like, no, my kids are very picky eaters. Oh, really? Ah, no. <laughs> very picky eaters. As I told you, I used to make everything from scratch when I was newlywed. And one time I tried to do falafel. And I was praying with my second child, and the falafel was falling on the, on oh, the oil. No. And my husband calls me, Debbie, what's for dinner? Nothing. <laughs> when are you pregnant? Anything so I'm very practical. I do Mondays milkshake, Wednesday, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. I do, I do the same menu because if I change it, I why out. did you change it? You know, I don't like this. So um, I don't know if it's good or bad, but I try to keep the desires and I know they will eat. So today I already prepare. I do fajitas. I take... Fajitas uh, in fa- American language. Fa- fajitas. Americans say fajitas. <laughs> fajitas. But it's fajita. fajitas. Fajitas. Oh, well, in Argentina, because in Mexico they have another accent. 
I have a very, like, I don't say pollo, I say pollo. Ah. You see, it's a, it's a different accent. Right, like tomato and tomato, <laughs> right? Exactly. You guys say... Pollo, Tomato, tomato, potato, potato. <laughs> the, da- the, double, the double L in Argentina is sh sound. And in Spanish is l. I don't know, I cannot say it, but right. <laughs> I'm not Mexican. Right. So interesting, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, you see, things you learn. So I do that, and then um, Wednesday I do also another kind of meat dish. The, the fajitas, I do some chicken strips and some meat, because I, I try not to eat so much meat for my cholesterol, you know. Because she's <laughs> eating all this! No, but I don't Hello. eat this at home. <laughs> Actually, my kids are like, Mommy, why are you taking this? I was like, sorry, guys. Not for you. Oh, should we send something back? It's okay, oh, don't you'll worry. You'll make more, right? Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> I, my kids don't eat all this. Um, and then uh, and then Thursdays, I do flesh, I do schnitzel, some bake and some fry, and already have for Chavez Day, because my kids like for Chavez Day. And... Uh, and very practical, hot dogs, um, no, hot dogs, no, hamburgers, and meatballs and spaghetti, you know, kids' food. Yeah. I don't punch Kid kids. food. I mean, for myself, I do, you know, I do soups, I do quiche, I, I love quiche a lot, milchik quiche, and I do my homemade dough, also in a of minute. Of course you do, It's yeah. very easy. Flour and butter. Uh, yeah, oil and and water. That's it. Flour, butter, oil, water. Butter? No. Yeah. No. You make it parv? I do it parv. I do olive oil, water. Uh, flour and salt done and you make it that's a pie dough yeah that's cool. a pie dough you do it with your fingers i actually i got a little roller and i rolled the dough straight on the on the pan i'm very practical <laughs> very practical how many people are practical at making their own dough oh, i go to gomiglat and i buy the aranonki frozen pie shells no. and that's practical no but i like the homemade yeah, yeah, taste I, I, I like the homemade taste i like i mean maybe i i'm trying to get that my childhood taste and if i get it the one they sell here from israel or from america it's not my taste right so i that's how i all i start cooking i'm very picky on my taste right well look at (laughs) this look what kind of cook you are and i mean are you self-taught like yes look how like if you look in the box here or i'm going to describe the box she has 12 afa chores i did it good right yeah in in a box but the each one is like Perfect. I yes. could not make them so pretty. And also for Hanukkah, I made churros. Oh, I love churros. I had and some I, in the shuk on in when I was in Israel three oh, weeks ago. <gasps> and oh. I stuff them. I stuff, fill them with dulce de leche inside, like they do in Argentina. I love dulce. I bought the machine from Argentina. I brought it. What do you mean? Uh, it's uh, a uh, it's a special machine that you put the dulce de leche. It's like a cone. You put the dulce de leche, and it has to stick out. And you put the churro. And it starts filling the churro. And uh, like uh, can filled. I get one when you go? Are they expensive? Uh, no, I think it was, I don't know. The dollar changed so much that I don't know how you much know it what? does. We can buy, I'm sure we can buy it on an Amazon. Everything's yeah, but it's more expensive here. That's why I bought it. Uh, yeah, yeah, Certain yeah. things are... And, are, and it's, you ship it from home. It's yeah, it has another value. Absolutely. <laughs> has another value. But everything I, I have done, I cook, I bake, it's from watching. I'm, I... I I watch a lot of videos. Even when I was a little girl, we had cable. And how many cable channels we had? Maybe 10, 20 channels back then. And there wasn't always things you wanted to watch. So I watched the, the food, network. food network. Yeah, me too. That's how I, That's how I, I learned how to cook. Yeah. I and I always liked that. And as a child, we had a cook at home. So she didn't oh, oh, you had a cook in the house? In Is South that very America. typical? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had a cook and a cleaning lady. And it was their domain. Right. I couldn't go into Get her kitchen. Get out of my kitchen, yeah. kid. She didn't let me. <laughs> and I, 
Sundays was the day that she was not there, and Sundays were the days that I used to cook. And uh, I never cooked in my mother's house. No? No, I didn't cook really growing up. Only I'm after I got little. married. My, my sister would say, Debbie, can you make me? What are you eating? I said, make it yourself. No, when you make it, it tastes different. Right. <laughs> Some people have it just within. They have their own inner chef. By the way, you should just know that this is jiggling <laughs> as we so talk. Right, it's like... <laughs> Cheese jello, <laughs> cream jello, creamy, it's crazy. It's creamy. We'll yeah. send some home for you. Okay. Um, yeah, like I feel like some people have that inner gift. It's a, it's a, you know, like you're a, you can a food whisperer. You just get food. I you enjoy understand food. Every process. I enjoy from even going to the store and buying the product. I say that too. I like the taking shopping. care of it. You know, making sure I'm buying the good product, and then uh, making it for sure. Cooking it, that's where I put the tzedakah. I said, Hashem, help me that it should be good and taste oh, good. I love it. <laughs> I always do it because I want, I want my product to people like it, not just, oh, okay, good, they bought it. Oh, who cares how it tastes? Or, no, I really wanted to see that, that food, especially milchiks, they're so good. <laughs> right, and when, when, at, where can we people buy this from? They come pick it up at your house. Yes. You're located in yes. Monty, right? Yeah. A lot of people had told me, can you deliver here? Can you deliver here? I, I just can't. Right now at right. this yeah, moment, no. it's very hard. I try a few times. It didn't work. And then it's just too stressful. So if somebody wants to order an array of you know desserts like this, if you're having a milk get-together, get a whole bunch of different Things, yes, you know, yes. right now everything is on hold. But the, and stuff, the but. only thing I ask, because I'm one person show, and I try that everything should taste delicious, that it, it give me a few days. Not yeah. <laughs> I actually called Debbie and I said, "You're up for this week." I probably threw you into a tizzy. Yeah, I had. I, I will tell you some secrets how I popped all these out. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Uh, we've got a good couple, of, good three minutes left of our show. We've had an amazing. Uh, so they can find me on in Instagram. That's how they yes. do. They did so, me in, in Joy of Chalav. J O Y O V O F O F. Sorry, O F of O F C H O L O V. Joy of Chalav. Joy of. We can Khalav. show in the here. You have the sticker. There. Oh, here, here. We can zoom in on this. Yeah. Here, Joy of Chalav. It is just outrageous. There is nothing like dairy. Thank you. There's the way Hashem dairy. intended us to eat. And people ask me, can you, when do, you want to have parv? Can you do parv? So, uh, I, don't, nah. I don't have the same. Yeah. Go to the bakery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm totally. <laughs> the local bakery do a good job doing yes, parv. Yes, yes. I, I agree. I agree. But to milchiks is really a, a special treat. And it's just so exciting to see. My Hashem. My, my family's going to be so happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and ZK. We'll send some home with ZK for the Sounds good. For the copels. Okay, yeah. thank you for having my me. Pleasure. It was a pleasure really to be here. I appreciate it. Like, thank God it wasn't okay. snowy. I know. Actually, I'm right. not a winter person at all. Does it snow in? No. It, so basically, I don't, Argentina is long. So the south of Argentina, yes, there is even eternal snow because it's it's in the North Pole, in the South South Pole next to that. The, Southern Hemisphere. Yeah. And uh, Buenos Aires is more a little bit north of that. So a freezing, freezing, freezing day is 32 degrees and no one leaves home. Okay. Well, I don't even know what it is outside today. But. No, it was, when I was running, it was 50. It was nice. Right, right, yeah. So when I saw the wasani, I said, Hashem did this for me. Because yeah, they yeah, thought yeah. I was there. So we actually got together. Not, we're recording this on a Wednesday, but they're going to uh, hear it on a Friday. So yeah. I never know what the weather's going to be like two days two, later. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad you came. Thank and you. I made this. Thank this you. was so fun, guys. Thank you. Follow her on Instagram. 
Get yourself a tree, especially yes. this winter. You have to yes. go to Monty to pick it up. But, yeah, I'm you know, sorry. there's a bunch of restaurants you can check out while you're there also. So. Yeah. Yeah, they, Monty food is growing a lot. Yeah, there's really good stuff there. So yeah. um, thank you for listening, everyone. I want to wish you all a Shabbat Shalom. We have music sponsored by our friends at Kedem right up until the benching. I want to wish you all Shabbat Shalom and, I guess, Happy New Year. <laughs>